Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I want to talk to you guys about Instagram polls for a minute because I am a huge fan of the Instagram poll. I am. I love taking them. I love giving them. I don't even understand how someone could see one and not vote. Even if I don't really know you or care, I will vote. You know why? Because I'm nosy and I want to know what other people voted. I want to know if I'm with the masses or against them. And the only way to unlock that information is if you vote. I also like giving them because I like to know if people stand with me or against me. And if you stand against me, that is fine. I'm just kind of curious to know where everyone stands. It's why I talk about so many of these topics on my podcast. Anyway, when I vote wrong accidentally on an Instagram poll, it gives me so much anxiety that the person giving it is going to think my opinion is something other than what it is. Cause you guys know either I love something or I hate it. There's like no in between. I'm never indifferent. There's it's I love it or I hate it. So the idea that someone will think that my opinion is something other than it is stresses me out. I have gone far enough to DM people and say, I voted wrong. Because maybe I clicked through the story too fast and my finger hit the button or I didn't read both answers properly. I will DM them to tell them that I voted wrong because I can't have them thinking that I like or dislike something that I don't like or dislike. And I thought I was the only psycho that did this. But guess what? I did a candy corn poll last week. By the way, 64% of you love candy corn and I am shocked and happy to find out I'm not one of eight people on this planet who love it, but someone DM'd me that they voted wrong. And I was so happy because in that moment, I realized I am not the only crazy one on the internet. And when I say crazy, I mean that as a compliment because it shows you are just as passionate as I am. Hey guys, welcome to Social Studies. I'm your host, Jenna Kingsley, and I promise you this is nothing like the social studies you learned in school. I just wanted to quickly say thank you to everyone who's been writing to me. You know, those of you who have written to me who are listeners, I always write back. I am so grateful for each and every one of you. I will always write back. And if you post anything about social studies, I will always reshare it. Um, I'm just so grateful for that. Don't forget, you still have time to get involved in the giveaway for True Lemon. I am doing not one, but two giveaways. So two people will win and we are announcing that on the 27th. So get involved in that. Details for that giveaway can be found on the official social studies Instagram at official social studies. And I hope you guys are also following me at Jenna Kingsley. It's totally different content. My other get involved this week is uh, Squid Game. Hello, Uh, craziest show. I think they said it's like the number one show that's ever been on Netflix. You guys have to watch it. If you haven't, I don't know what to tell you. I watched the entire thing in basically one sitting. It is so dark. It's so amazing. Whoever wrote it is clearly crazy. And I mean that in the best way, because you have to be really sick to think of, of this show. But what I was also thinking is, we are sick people because it is literally the number one show. I think it's breaking records everywhere and it's really dark and really fucked up. And that's the people have spoken and that's what we want. So 
Just a little interesting thing. Get involved, you guys. Do not miss it. But write to me. Did you love Squid Game? I loved it. I have this new weirdo habit, by the way, when I'm watching a show that I like, I go on Amazon and try to find the costume or how I can look like the people on the show. Not for Halloween, you guys. This goes way deeper. This is like way crazier. I just like, I bought a Gwen Shamblin wig after watching The Way Down, another show you should totally get involved with this craziest documentary about like a Christian diet cult. But I was so obsessed with her hair. I went on Amazon and bought some wigs because now I just want to like walk around my house looking like her. I should probably talk to my shrink about that. But I did it for Squid Game too. And I kind of just want to wear the tracksuit. Again, not for Halloween, just for life. My don't hate me for the week is related to television. Don't hate me, you guys. But I don't think every show needs another season. For example, for as much as I loved Squid Game, I feel like we're done. We saw the game. I don't want to see him because I do think there's going to be a sequel. I don't want to see him go back and fight the people, try to save people. I just feel like we saw the show. It was like Handmaid's Tale was amazing, but then it jumped the shark at some point. I stopped watching. I'm just saying that not all shows need other seasons. Sometimes it's good to leave on a high note or on a note that keeps you like riveted. There are some shows I want to see 80,000 seasons of, don't get me wrong, but some of them, I feel like they end up jumping the shark. Do you know what I'm saying? What do you guys think? I don't know. Don't hate me, but I don't, even though I loved Squid Game, I don't want a second season of it. How do you guys feel? Okay, guys, on that note, it's time for today's episode. Hi guys, I'm so excited for today because not only do I have uh, Casey Balshaman, who's a hilarious stand-up comic and my favorite kind because she's a female stand-up comic and I love having those on the show. Uh, She also has a podcast, Shady Shit, all about the shadiest shit. Casey, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about shady shit. So shady shit, it's exactly what it sounds like. Like anything that you would look at and be like, that is fucked up or that's like weird. We cover truly anything from like cults to murder to just like, you know, my, I just did the whole before the ice cream thing. The McDonald's ice cream thing was in the news. I I talked about why the machines were broken all the time. Uh, I talked to about witchcraft and voodoo and, and then also just you know, and anything weird, ghost stories and everything. So just basically anything that you'd be like, that is so weird. We're doing it. We're doing it. So excited. One of the reasons I'm excited to have Casey on is because what is it with comics and darkness? Because I also love darkness. Yeah. I just told Casey before we started recording, I I think I've talked about on here. I'm not sure, but I actually got my master's in forensic psych because I wanted to be in the behavioral science unit of the FBI. And I worked in an FBI research lab at John Jay and I worked for the NYPD homicide squad doing my research externship. It's insane. And I am obsessed with, but these are my two number one obsessions that I focused on in my studies and my research. Serial killers and psychopathy. Psychopathy. Uh I love psychopathy. Uh Uh 
and cults. At least my personal thing, I think that when you're like on all the time, when you're constantly like, yuck, 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 sometimes it feels nice to go the other way. Sometimes it feels nice to watch like a sad thing or it doesn't always have to be like disturbing or dark, but I think sometimes there is that need for balance so that you just don't feel like a fucking clown 100% of the time, you know? Oh, totally. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm not... I'm not on. I think people like, I'm never on. When I'm not on, I'm not one of these people that walks around on. And I think people are actually surprised that I'm more, I'm actually more shy, not shy. Like I'm definitely outgoing, but I'm way more reserved than people think I would be. And I think that goes for most comics, not all. Oh yeah. No, there's some, you know, the ones that are on all the time, but I yeah. feel, I feel the same way as you. And I even mean just like kind of just even on, on stage. Like if you go back to back, like three shows in a night or four shows in a night, you are kind of like, eh, like you are in those situations you have to be on. But yeah, in real life, I don't feel, I actually like through the pandemic, I kind of realized, I think I'm a lot more introverted than I initially thought I was. Like I oh, yeah. really, I really needed the break. Like I yeah. really needed, I was like, very, very happy and content kind of having this, I mean, having that downtime yeah. that happened. Like I, like I know a lot of people were like, I miss being on stage. I miss this. I miss that. And I kind of thrived not being <laughs> in on my stage. room. Yeah. I know. You know, I was it's like, not I, the first time I've heard it from yeah. friends of mine that are comics. I had heard that from so many people. Yeah. Like just, did you do the Zoom stand-up or you did, I did. not do the- I did. I didn't at first. And then I really leaned in hard. I really didn't mind it. Really? I, you know, I've said it, I've said it before. I was like, I've done so many worse. I, I've done worse for less money in Brooklyn. Like, you know what I mean? Like then sitting <laughs> in my room and doing it. I really, it worked a different muscle because it was like, it was not as performing. It kind of was more about like words and the actual jokes. And it was, there was something really, uh, like I said, I just, I kind of made the decision to like really lean into it because I wanted, yeah. I was not, I was not happy with comedy before the pandemic and the Zoom shows weirdly got me back excited about it. And I don't know why there's no rhyme or reason, but when I made the decision in my head, but it was also like, you know, I'd taken a full, it probably wasn't until like three months into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there was like a full reset break. And then I was like, okay. Let me lean. Let me lean into a computer camera, and it, and it felt good. Yeah, it felt good. And then you don't even have to worry on a Zoom show if people are. You, can you hear crowds? No. Yeah, you can. You, you can. can. They'll have you their. Can. They'll have their mics off, but also okay. you can like, see them. And sometimes, sometimes it was silent. Sometimes they'd all have their mics off, but it was also kind of like, all right, we keep going. And it just it made it not matter. I was gonna say it might be kind of freeing not knowing if yes. you're bombing or not. Yeah, because it's just like this is my material. And here we go. It's and like it, doing it alone in your room when you're rehearsing. Yeah. And it's like, and now it kind of makes it that even if I'm in front of people and it doesn't work, it's like, this Whatever. feels like Zoom now. I don't, <laughs> I don't care. Am I bombing or is it Zoom? Am I bombing I, or are we on Zoom? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because we were, we always talk about, so people think like stand up is so glamorous because you were just saying you've done way worse shows. I was, I had Emma Wilman on one episode. Love Me, Emma. Emma and Robin Shaw once did, this is a true story. We did a funeral. And oh, mm-hmm. honestly, at the time, I didn't even think about it. Like, cause you know, when you get in that mode and you're just doing shows, you're running around the city and like Robin's like, guys, can you come to this show? Like, I didn't even realize what it was at the time, but it was like a funeral show. 
which is think that people want to inject stand up like people think stand up comedians can fit into any situation i'm always surprised sometimes at where people like want to hire a comic for and then you're like i, I promise you this won't work 100% i, I promise you it's not going to be good that is <laughs> right you're like people Nobody don't want to be like this. he died did done, done like it's yeah. not like- <laughs> Okay, Casey, I want to get into some shady shit. Let's do it. I want to talk to you about my favorite, one of my favorite topics. Also, I'm going to give you one of my favorite, you guys, for Casey and the listeners, one of my favorite little sidebars about psychopathy, one of my favorites. Yes. Yeah, so I want to get into it. There's this guy, Irve Cleckley, who wrote The Mask of Sanity. And it's one of the best books describing psychopathy. So Casey, you should 100% read it. I think it costs like $4,000. I'm not even kidding. It's some insane. It's not, no, it's not, but it's hundreds of dollars. I don't know why. I don't know if it still is. <sighs> but in grad school, we did a lot of work on it. But One of the most interesting pieces of information about a psychopath is they have no, they say they have no inner voice. And that to me is so creepy. It's so epically creepy that they don't have that inner dialogue, that inner voice. Yeah. That just everything that, everything that goes to their brain just comes out. Every feeling, every, I guess, would that be just like high, high, high intensity uh, um, impulsiveness? It's, I mean, it, it has to be, right? It's super impulsive. And they also don't have real emotions. So they mimic emotions, which is also so creepy. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's wild because you do hear a lot of stories about these guys that like do say the right things and they do the right things. And, and, and how many times do you read about... I mean, sometimes you read about these serial killers and everyone's like, oh, he was a fucking weirdo. But sometimes yeah. people are like, I had no idea. He was a great neighbor. Because they put on such a good front. Yeah. Or these people like BTK who have whole families and then at night are just killing people. They have have kids. And the reason they could just then come home is they have no guilty conscience. There's nothing like, oh shoot, I have to hide it. Because they just don't even think about it once they leave. It's just like a different part of their brain. Yeah. No, it's fascinating. I heard um, a woman uh, speak. She was a behavioral scientist uh, for the FBI. She spoke about how to know when someone's a psychopath when you're interviewing them. <gasps> and they were, t- I know, I know this is such a good one. So she, she talked about how they got this guy. They knew he killed his mom. They had the DNA. They had all the evidence. They knew. But, but he didn't know they knew. He didn't know they knew. Okay, very And friends. they were trying to get a confession. They were trying to figure out what was going on. So... They had him in the room and they were like, you know, tell us what happened to your mom. And he starts crying hysterically. And he's like, she died. She was killed. Putting on like such a sad act. And she said, the reason we knew he was a psychopath, this was my, her litmus test. She said, explain why you're sad that your mom died. <gasps> oh, I know. I know. Does that kind of give you the chills? Yeah, no, no. It's, it's completely freaky. What did he say? And he, he didn't have like, an answer. I'm just really sad. I'm really sad. She died and I'm sad. She couldn't say why. He couldn't say why he was sad. So it was fake tears, fake crying, 
Is that amazing? So she said, the explain why you're sad was the dead giveaway that she was dealing with a psychopath. I'm trying to think, oh, lack empathy. That's what it is. Because I've been doing this thing. I was looking at some old notes because I've been doing this thing with people. I, I have my like questions that say like, are you a serial killer? And I'll do like five funny ones. And then I'll, the last one will actually be like a, a, a question of like, <laughs> of like one of the traits. <laughs> I, I like, love it. I'll be like, do you like yellow Skittles? Have you killed your pets? <laughs> you know, like, Things like that. <laughs> oh, can you give me the test? I really would love to. I'd not like to know. You want to do a, a serial killer test? Okay. Yeah, I'd love to know if I'm a serial killer. I wouldn't. We all like. I. It'd be kind of weird to know now. Um, at thirty nine. Yeah. You know? Can you imagine if right now, live on this podcast, I just found out I was a serial killer because of you, Casey? <laughs> that would that would be really good content and a really weird call to my shrink. I'm just going to chronicle my evolution into killing people. Now, Casey, tell me about cults. What to, let's, what's your favorite cult and why? Okay. Well, I have a personal connection to, see, here's the thing. I always say I'm cult susceptible. Like I've dipped <gasps> my toe. Are like, you? Oh, very much. So you tell okay, me I can so have a better- why, mm, why do I'm you think you're cult, cult susceptible? I think- This I, is amazing. I'm very gullible. Like I'm very, you know what I mean? I also have a hard time. I'm getting better as a grown up, but I have a hard time saying like, no, or saying like, um, this is not for me. Like I will try things, you know, like I will- can you be forced into buying perfume at a department store because they spray it on you? Sometimes. I was forced. I bought an $80 bottle of peanut butter tequila in Mexico because they let me try it. Do you know what oh I mean? Oh my God. <laughs> you're like my mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm that person. I'm the person that walks in being like, no, no, no. And they're like, me, me, senora, senora, senora. That's my and mother. I have a bottle of peanut butter tequila, which I told my dad, I go, this is your fault. This is because this is shit that you do. So you're taking this bottle. It's actually delicious. I, if I'm, if I'm By honest, the way, it's fucking good, but I it was love $80. And I love peanut butter and I kind of want to try it. It's kind of like, it, it's like a after, it's like a Bailey's type. Over? Come over, dad's <laughs> coming. We'll have a tequila peanut butter party. It's, um, it, I'm, I'm that person. So I did Landmark when I was like 20. Oh my God, this is my dream come true. Tell us about Landmark. This is one of the things I get obsessed with. Oh yeah. So I, I very much, by the way, I was like, 21, like being like, oh, I need a better life. And it's like, what the yeah. fuck are you doing at 20? Like you, you, you haven't even lived life at 21. At 21, yeah. you're like just able to get into a bar with a real ID. Like I did, I did a whole, like, um, I did a, a course on relationships at 21. Like what the fuck? I had had one boyfriend. I had had one serious boyfriend and it was like, maybe I was like 22 or 23, but like, there's no need for me to be taking a relationship course. Like I was like a divorcee. You know what I mean? Like it was fucking wild. Like my, my little like inner groups were just like all these like people that were 20 years older than me and me being like, like yeah, yeah. yeah, being like, I had a summer camp boyfriend and he really broke my heart. Is (laughs) this... What, how you got involved, it roped into Landmark no. from a relationship course? No, 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 no. So I, 
Wait, quickly um, tell everyone what the Landmark Forum is. The so Landmark Forum, for those of you who don't know. Okay. It's like, it's like a course you take. It's, you know, they call it education for living. So it's all these things where you sit, you pay money and you sit for three days in this room. And basically these two guys on seats on a stage, uh, you go through this the, uh, whole like kind of rigmarole of not making excuses for your life and doing these things. And then everybody gets up and talks and tells like by the third day, everyone has called parents they haven't talked to in 50 years. It's fucking wild. Like you watch it, you watch it happen. Like, do you know that like from Landmark, um, that's how the Matrix movie was made. That was their homework for like this last course. This like for the advanced course. Yeah, for the Wachowski, well, they're sisters now, but they were brothers at the time. It was their homework for Landmark. There's so many famous people that have gone through. I used to see famous people there all the time. Half the people in there were actors. Yes. I think... I think here's the thing, What, why these things, though, why you can be turned off of them is because the teachings are actually stuff, they're principles that you can use. But there is a lot of like accountability where you do have to like have like a phone group once a week and you have to do all these other things, which can be a little bit annoying. But, you know, they dedicate every session at the end is telling you to bring more people in, bring more people in. And then there you it's get It's like your, an MLM. There you get your, it's like culty MLM. Yeah. Where it's like, you kind of feel bad if you're not bringing people to like, so when I, so when I did- Casey, so what you're <laughs> telling me, you know what I'm going to say, right? Landmark Forum is a bringer show. It's a bringer <laughs> lifestyle, man. You guys, bringer shows, for those of you who don't know, and you're a comic, sometimes you early on you do these shows, bringer shows, and it's like you have to bring five people. In order to perform. Yeah. In order to perform. This is like, if you want your life to be better, you need to bring three people. But it oh. is like, it, it is like this wild thing where you go three days straight. So the weekend, like the initial weekend, you go, three days straight. And during that time, you call people in your life. Like I still have my notebook from when I was there from like, you call people and you're like, what do you like about me? What do you think I can work on? What are this? Like you have to have your closest friends, like tell you the things that they think are wrong with you. You were 21 when you did that. I was like 21 or 22. Like I was like, I I was like a sophomore in college. By the way, so self-aware that you were like working on yourself at that age. I listen, I was a theater major. I was just fucking dramatic. Do you know (laughs) know what I mean? Like there was nothing wrong with me. I was just fucking, I had tiny eyebrows and I was hella dramatic. Like that was what was happening. There's nothing more than that. But so I actually was working at this child development center. Okay. And a girl um, um, on campus and a girl was like, she came back to work on Monday. I was like, oh my God, I just did this. You know, she was like looking at me. She wasn't like blinking. She was just like staring into me being like, I just did this thing. I would really like you to do like da 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 da. Of course, because you have to recruit people. Because after you do the weekend, you're like, you have to recruit people. (gasps) Um, And then there was also, there was another girl that was like also in the theater department that was like higher up in the chain. So I remembered being like, this is a safe space. I know a couple people. And so I like, think I called my parents. I was like, okay, it's like 300 and something dollars, but I think I, uh, you know, I was like, I think I need it. And, you know, they were like, sure, whatever. Like, I, I think that they were kind of, because I had gone through a, a period in high school of depression, which I don't think was my, I, I, I did Accutane and I think it fucked me up. So I think that they were kind of like, open to the idea of me doing anything because I think they were still a little bit like, well, you know, we, we, had a, we had a little bit of a rough patch. So if she wants, if she wants to feel better, we'll get it. We're going we're gonna to do that. So I think they helped me pay for it. And then of course, you know, I call like, you know, you just, you really call everyone after and be like, I'm sorry for everything I've ever done in my life. And blah, blah, blah. It's fucking wild. Whoa. I can't. Okay. So now you call everyone, you have these conversations 
Did you get to the point where you brought people to the forum? No, no, no. Because I did just the regular course. I didn't end up doing the next version, but I did the regular course and then I did the relationship course, which is, you know, like it's like eight weeks. You go once a week uh, on like Monday nights, you take notes, you do this thing, and then you meet with your group weekly. So I didn't go through it like hard, hardcore because I realized I was like, this is not, I can't afford. I'm also taking improv classes. Like who has the money and time? To both better your life and learn how to do object work. <laughs> I can't wait. Okay, hold on a second. So yeah. you don't have to bring the people until you're really enrolled. You bring them to your graduate. Like you can, you bring people to your graduation. So like- But the- you don't have a graduation after the three days. No, you do. So on the last day, you can invite people to come to like this last session. And then obviously there's a bunch of people there that are like, sign right. up, sign up, sign up. But yeah, they obviously want you to bring people to like the third day. So I'm I had like obsessed. a couple of my girlfriends from college like came and none of them signed up, but it was like they were got the pamphlets. any of them like, Casey, are you okay? Like this is a little creepy or were they like, yeah, I'm down? No, I think they weren't because I was so like, you Into know. It. Yeah, I was also a fucking, you know, you're 22. I was like drinking and we, you know, when you're, when you're 22, you just cry for no reason a lot. And like, you yeah. know, just like, yeah. just going through the fucking, the emotions of being a grown up for the first time living on your own and being able to drink irresponsibly and being like, oh, this is, I, I'm supposed to figure out what I'm supposed to do with my life now. Like, oh, uh, like there's a lot, there's a lot of yeah. things that happen when you're 22 that you just are not ready to fucking process. Of course, of course. So, so yeah, some of my friends came and I think a couple of them grabbed a pamphlet, but no. But they definitely do like want you to be like, well, you know, if you cared about yourself, you'd get more people in here. I have this strong feeling about MLMs that they are basically the same people. Now, I know people that have made a lot of money in MLMs. You have to be a certain kind of person though. And you have this to be a certain kind of person. I'm, I'm, not, I'm gullible. I'm not good at sales. I'm terrible if at sales. If you tell me no, I'm like, you're right. Oh, no, it's okay. So like, I'm not, I can't be pushy. I've never had a sales. Well, I've tried sales jobs and I'm done within a month. I'm just, I cannot, I will not push people to do something. Here's the thing though. I will push people to do things that I want them to do. Do you know what? Like, I mean, like I'm, watch a TV show or peer pressure or, or just drink till 3 a.m. with me. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe in peer pressure, but I'm not good at sales. But I'll sell you on an experience. I'll be like, listen, this bar is going to close in one hour. Why are we leaving now? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, same. First of all, I am also very big into peer pressure. I'm a big peer uh, pressurer. I didn't hear, and I didn't know that I was, but my husband was like, you're the biggest. I go, what? I go, I just, because I tell people like, it'll be fun. Like do it. It'll be fun. And he's like, yeah, that's what they literally, what they say. And like, the fucking, when you're in high school, like the things to look out for, do it. It's fun. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess, I guess that is peer pressure. Like I'm a yes energy, but I will not make you buy something you don't want to buy. Same. I want you to have the experience, but I will be like, don't, don't do, don't, you don't have to do it for like, you don't have to buy anything. No. Um, I had a friend who was really knee deep in the MLM and they literally, I guess they, they were releasing these products and they were releasing these products. When they have the release once a year, they have a thing in Vegas. 
Oh it's yeah. Like a Joel Austin level, Tony Robbins mm-hmm. fireworks. Oh no, they get excited for it. They lock you in a room for three days, basically. Yeah. And they force you, they don't, they don't force you, but they encourage you mm-hmm. to buy the entire catalog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like three times over. And they're like, yeah. get a head start. And if you mm-hmm. do this, you get this. And I'm like, you guys, you get a sponge. Like what, like you guys no. just spent $40,000. It's because there's like three people that made a lot of money and those yes. are the ones that they have speak. Oh yes. no, I've got, see, here's the thing too, because I'm, I have a hard time. Like I've bought products from somebody that's like, let oh, me I've take bought- you to coffee. And I'm like, but I'm like, I'm not going to sell it. And they're like, okay, uh-huh, just come to me when you're ready to like make extra <laughs> money. And I'm like, and then the same girl that got me to buy stuff, there was another girl that we were working with. And she's like, yeah, she convinced me. So I, you have to buy like $700 worth of the product first. And then she's like, now I can't sell it. Like right. nobody wants the fucking shit. You know I'm what like, they call that in the MLM world, you guys, they call it garage poor because you now have a ton of shit in your garage <laughs> that you can't move. <laughs> and you've spent all your money yeah. on this stuff to get to your next level. It's like an endless cycle. Yeah. No, it's dumb. I'm obsessed with it. Okay. Is Tony Robbins a cult or no? So I I had started a bunch of research on him and Rachel, what's her bucket? Oh, Rachel Hollis. Yes. And they're both bad Very news. big. Bad. I know that she is very big into the MLM culture. She's like the face of MLM inspiration. Well, yeah. She's like very... It, Cause she's the girl, wash your face or whatever. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, but yeah. she really truly is like, you're still making money off of people that are looking for um, help. So you're not help. great. Have you been tempted to join any other cult? I mean, I also was like very much into um, like Bikram before we found out that it was mm. like a thing. Like, you know, I did, I, I've done, I've done all the things that were like borderline, you know? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Bikram before it came out. Like, and I loved that too. I was like addicted to that for a while. I do did like hot yoga, but I never joined the cult side of it. The truth is, I think I'm too ADD to join a cult and like focus on it and follow the regimen. But no, I'm always, I'm always interested. You know, like I read the four agreements once a year. Like, okay, you know, like, so you're like, really, I very much could, if somebody was like, if somebody was like, Hey, do you want to ch-? like, I, I would sign up for a fucking wellness retreat in Tuesday. I could easily be confused as to, as to like, this is the beginning of that the cult so or this is amazing. just like a yoga retreat. Oh yeah. 100. Even though I, I do this, I, I research these things. I could still very much. My dr- one of my dreams is to join, not join. I don't want to join Scientology. But one <laughs> yeah. of my dreams in life is to go in and get a different, I'm scared to even talk. I'm scared they're going to get me just by hearing this. Like, I feel like they're listening. They're always but listening. They're always listening. I want to join under like a fake name and just see the indoctrination process. Mm-hmm. Because... How cool would that be? Like, like go to, to one of the rooms and do the whole I thing where you go, tell them I all your take secrets. The test, exactly. The 1000 page personality test. I want to see them try to like remove things from my life. Give me no freedom. Like I want to see how they do it. And what like they got you though. They can't, like they can't get me because I, I'm very much the second, see I'm the opposite of you. The second I sense that something's even remotely culty, I get... I'm on my heels. And so like, 
something goes up in my brain. I guess it's like the, the forensic, like graduate goes up in my brain and I'm like, Whoa, those are keywords that are really creeping me out. Right. And so then I become more of like an outsider, but I'm, I'm able to fake my way through. I mean, I'm an improver too. So I am able to, I feel that I would be able to go through the whole Scientology process without actually becoming a Scientologist. That would be, that would be some deep undercover shit. And That's you should do it. a social experiment that I should do next. But here's the thing. I just wonder, like, I'm sure they check an ID or something. Like, I just wonder if then, like, you go and you do this thing and then you say, oh, no, thank you. Like, are they going to kind of keep hounding you? Like, yes. is it like one of those, like, you're going to get all these emails and like, you can't, you can't unsubscribe to it? Yes. And this is how I know that would happen because a friend of mine went for a job interview mm-hmm. as, an, as an accountant. Um, and for they, Scientology? Not in New York. No, it's for a, they went to a synagogue as, to get a job as an accountant. And instead of going to the synagogue, they went into the Scientology building because mm-hmm. they just didn't, they were just showing up at a religious institution. They didn't know. And they filled out that they gave in the science, he was like, I'm here for the accountant job, whatever. They gave him pages and pages of stuff to fill out. And then when he realized where he was and what it was, he's like, oh wait, I'm supposed to be somewhere else. This is not where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. They called him for like three years incessantly. No. Yes. That's fucking wild. Wild. So I need to get a booster phone with a fake number. Yeah. I need to get fake ID. Yeah. And I need to go join Scientology. Yes. And if you're well, listening, you Scientology, can, please don't kill me. Don't do it. But yeah, you need to go into the like the main thing, like hear David Miscavige speak, see yes. Tom Cruise, jump off of walls. Like yes. get, watch get me in give there. up my health care somehow. Get in there. Like I'll have another kid, but I'll have it like in the closet with mm-hmm. no and medical has, like, attention. Scrub toilets and shit. Yeah. Do it. Sounds fun. I have, you know what? If this <laughs> pandemic keeps up, I may not have anything better to do. <laughs> I got so hey, bored, I turned to Scientology. <laughs> I got so bored, I wanted to clean everyone's toilets. With and a toothbrush. My with toothbrush. a toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> with my toothbrush and then brush my teeth because I'm a bad girl. Yeah, I did bad um, things. Like talk to my mommy. That's amazing. That's amazing. Casey, um, unfortunately we're out of time and I'm so bummed because I could, yes, I could literally talk about this stuff for hours and hours, um, which I'm going to do you guys, I'm going to be on the shady shit podcast. So everyone tune into Casey, Casey, before I let you go, tell everyone where they could find you, stalk you, plug your stuff. How could we find you and just listen and become obsessed with you. Well, absolutely. I wish you would. I wish people would stalk me. I'd like to experience a little, you know, psychopathy in my life just because yeah. I'm getting older and like, honestly, the attention sounds good, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, I totally get it. <laughs> um, but thank you for having me on. I had a great time. I love talking about this stuff. Um, I'm at CaseFaceB on Instagram, C-A-S-E-F-A-C-E-B. I am doing a uh, stand-up special all about, uh, I'm totally different topic, all about infertility on October 26th in New York City. So if you're here, and um, want to laugh about that? Uh, which what are you I, doing? Which it? I do at the Triad. 
Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, going through infertility, I was like, you know what? I'm a comic. Let's fucking, let's, let's try to sell this shit. <laughs> let's, you have let's, to. let's see you how we to. can make this work for me. Let's um, make it funny. Let's make it funny. So October 26th. No, but I'm really excited about it. Um, and besides that, I think I'm headlining Fairfield comedy club, October 2nd. And I've got a Priam Vineyards, um, uh, middle of October. I always forget that date, but I always put it on my Instagram. So follow me there. Okay, so follow her. Go check out her podcast, Shady Shit. It's all about these amazing topics and who does not love creepy ass topics? We all do. Everyone does. That's why true crime is the most important, biggest thing going in television right now. Uh, Casey, thank you so much. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in to Social Studies with Jenna Kingsley. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to hit subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to stalk me, you can do that on Instagram at Jenna Kingsley. You can visit my website, jennakingsley.com. You can follow me on Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at Jenna Kingsley. If you have a topic you think we should cover, you can slide into the DMs or send me an email. Have a great week and I will speak to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.